I was politely sort of taken aside at night by one particular teacher who said, you know, you might want to consider getting a nose job if you want to work. And I remember thinking that that was a horrendous thing to say. And then, and then as years went on, I thought, I'm not getting that much. Maybe he was right. Wow. I mean, I went in and saw someone about having it reduced. And then I thought, I can't. This is my dad's nose. I can't. And what if it doesn't work? And what if it's <laughs> – do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the problem is, is that you start looking at all the things that are wrong with yourself mm. rather than it's just not your time or someone just didn't see what they wanted. You start to destroy yourself a little bit. Yeah. And that's why if you're fragile in this industry, if you're – a fragile heart and soul, then I, I think it, it can kill you. If you're not in this for the long haul, willing to take and ready to take that amount of rejection, which nobody else does, and learn all this stuff and then go in there and put your heart on your sleeve and them to say thank you, bye, and you don't hear anything, then don't do it because it is gut-wrenching stuff. That is Australian actor Doris Unane, and this is episode 286 of the Osher Ginsburg podcast. Welcome to the Osher Ginsburg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsburg. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Osher Ginsburg. This is episode 286 of the show with Doris Unano, Australian actor. She's fantastic. More about her in a minute. Um, if you're new, hi, I'm Osher. Uh, this is my show and it's been a part of the world since 2013. We're coming in on the episode 300. Uh, we're not far away. It's a big number, but we'll get there together. It's going to be good. If you're new to the show, welcome. Glad you're here. Um, I'm Osher. I work on TV. I write books. I ride bikes. I'm a few short months away, almost weeks, but at the moment still months away from welcoming a baby into this planet. And my new hobby is that I like to lose. Uh, I like to lose auctions to higher bidders. That's what I like to do. I like to lose to higher bidders at house auctions. That's my latest thing. And uh, it's it's a heartbreaking uh, hobby. <laughs> oh, dear. But I've been making this podcast every Monday and Friday now since 2013, and I'm glad you're here. What is this podcast? It's a, simply a conversation designed to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Something that you will hear in the next hour and a bit is just going to make you go, oh, that's interesting. Maybe try something new. That's it. That's what we do here. A big thank you to everybody that left a rating in the iTunes store. It really does help more people find out about the show, and it does help us get better other guests on the show, newer guests on the show. It's you know, There's plenty of other charts out there, but it seems the iTunes metrics are the ones that publicists look at. So I know a lot of people listen on Spotify or on Google, but iTunes is the one they look at. So if you could help out by leaving us a rating and review there, it would super, super be awesome. I'll read some out to inspire you to go there. So I might read out you. Yours. Kylie has written raw and refreshingly honest. I've been listening to Osha's podcast the last couple of months. Uh, it's now a regular highlight of my week. Osha's got no fear of being 100% honest with his personal mental health journey. This has given me the courage to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to cling to the hope that peace and contentment may be just over the horizon. I enjoy all the many guests he interview- interviews and the many very points of view of life, love, and the meaning of it all. Oh, thank you so much, Kylie. That's awesome. Zoe has written thanks on what can only be described as an anxiety walk. 
I switch on to Osh's podcast on Sunday afternoons and hit the pavement. Osh's way of listening, questioning, and responding to his guests and his topics make it easy to come back down to earth and align myself for the week. Thank you for living your, giving your listeners a chance to decompress and feel less alone. Oh, thank you very, very much. And this last one um, from Malaha, uh, making every day a little bit better than yesterday. I love this podcast. I love the variety of guests and the different things I can learn from each person. Who knew mushrooms could be so interesting? You're absolutely right, Malaha or Malaja. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mushrooms are super interesting. Uh, we had a, a person talking all about mushrooms, Julian, a couple of weeks ago, and it was ace. So thanks heaps uh, for about the feedback as well on the Friday episodes. I really do appreciate that. If you're new and you'd like to get in touch with me, I am not on Instagram on my phone anymore. I'm not on Facebook on my phone anymore. I check those things really rarely now, maybe uh, once a day. That's really rarely for me on a laptop. So the best way to get in touch with me is email, and I'm still de-Googling myself. So for this point, it's sendoshiremail at gmail.com. You get an auto response on um, Instagram or Facebook from Haley, who's back on the team helping me out there, but email is the best way to get in touch with me. It's also a great way to send me a podsy, which is a picture of what you're looking at right now as you listen to this. Got a couple of great pictures of uh, where people listen to the show. Maddie is on the back deck of an Airbnb in Perth, just drinking in the uh, beautiful ambience of Western Australia. David was brilliantly building some Ikea, listening to Marcus Engman, who's the head of design at Ikea, while we built some Ikea. It's Ikea-ception happening, David. I'm grateful for that picture. And Jules, who sent me a photo, a stitched together six sunrises. And the following message, G'day, Osha, a snippet of my May mornings. It's up at 5 a.m. and out the door at 6.10. I'm a single mother of two with a corporate career. I'm generally rushing out the door to get the kids to school, and I start the mad rush into Sydney. This month, I took time to go outside before leaving and appreciate the start of another beautiful day. I took a photo every day and changed from, come on, hurry up, to saying to my children, wow, aren't we so lucky to be up this early and see something so beautiful? It's completely changed my morning. And it came from one of your chats with a guest where, when you spoke about your morning routine and and you would say, I'm a person who gets up early and does, insert what you do. Thank you for your podcast, for all the amazing guests you have. Makes a difference to my week has improved my mental health awareness. Jules, thank you so much for that. It was really sweet that you wrote that. Uh, To be honest, it is really good hearing it back from you because it reminds me that I have to stay sharp and I have to stay accountable to the stuff I talk about because I let things slip. And it's important to remember, ah, I got to keep doing this because it's the right thing. Just a quick one. I'm recording this on on Sunday. Uh, and we have just, just, just found out, like I've just come from the Bronte Surf Club where we had a party. We had a genital reveal party. Uh, we just fought, we found out if the baby's going to have XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes. Uh, Audrey and I did not know for the last, since we had the test done. Georgia has known the whole time. She's kept it secret the whole time. She organized this massive party. It was great. Uh, heaps of people there. Audrey and the Fijian crew cooked for about the last four straight days. Uh, it was super, super duper. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're having a baby that uh, has a penis. That's right. Uh, but I, I want to assure you that if the baby comes out and says, right, I want you to call me Susan and only wants to wear dresses, then we are going to love Susan just as much. All right? If baby comes out and says, oh, look, my name's Todd and I'm going to be a soldier, then all right. 
you know, kid, I know, I know enough that kids are who they are. You can't change it. You can only try and guide them a bit and show them morals and values that will make who they are kind of fit in and do the right thing around the world as they travel. So, well, yeah, we're going to, I guess, we, yeah, we're 12 weeks out. 12 weeks out. Uh, and yes, before you ask, I've read all of Clementine's books and she and I even joked about the fact that we were having a gender reveal, but it's all good. Who, whoever the kid decides and however the kid decides to be, our family will love that child no matter what. And no, no matter what kind of genitals that baby has, we will love that baby no matter what and it's going to be awesome. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So let me tell you about my guest today. Doris Yunane is a highly acclaimed Australian actor who became a household name for her role in the Nine Network series McLeod's Daughters. However, she's been on our screens and our stages for quite a while. Heartbreak High, Rake, False Witness, Water Rats, Stingers, Sea Change, Janet King, Catching Malat, even The Wrong Girl. That's just not even half of it, not even a quarter of it. Uh, Doris is now on the new Channel 10 show, Five Bedrooms, which you can see it's out now. And Doris came around to our flat the other day to chat about life, chat about studying at NIDA, chat about being in a relationship for 20 years. And we chatted a bit about the perils of being in the public eye. You may not be an actor. You may not be female. You may not one day dream of being either. However, I guarantee you, you're going to hear something in Doris's story that will lift you, it will inspire you, and it'll make you want to get after whatever it is that floats your boat. Anything from, I don't know, getting your taxes done right to making sure that your family's got the best shot of life. Something you'll hear today is going to give you a kick in the pants because that's what I sure got out of this conversation. Enjoy this chat with Doris Unani. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you on Thank you. on, on the podcast. Um, you are someone that is so familiar to so many Australians. I am, aren't I? Yeah, and I bet <laughs> I, long stairs in the grocery store. I, I bet you get a lot of that. Yeah, I do it at the moment for all sorts of shows, though. This is the thing. Because you've been in people's lives for a while I know now. I have. And it's strange because sometimes you, I, I like being invisible. I like feeling like I'm not, I'm, you know, because I'm, I'm always surprised by it. But then it's quite lovely, you know. I have, I end up having fantastic conversations with complete strangers who watch my career, and can name stuff. And I don't even remember half the jobs I did, going back to like Heartbreak High and and Sea Change, and and I don't even remember that stuff very well. But people hang on to this, this thing. Um, I don't know if it's the nose or the hair. Sometimes what what they're picking up on first. But I've I've rung Optus, and the same things happen. They said, I know you, and I go, no, it's a phone call. And it's the voices, and that's what I mean. You don't, just don't know what it is. But if I have my hair out, people tend to work out it's me. That's right. why I wear big glasses sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you or I are nowhere near this man, but yeah. it describes, I think, our – because I have the same experience. Yeah. It describes our experience of life. Letterman says his job makes 
no matter what city he's in, it makes it into a small town. Yes. And then he just, hey, yes. how are you? Yes. Yeah, hey, good to talk to you. Yeah. You know, it's those little yeah. conversations you have in Ulladulla yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. when the, Which I t- love. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. When, but when, you're on a, uh, when you're on a bar top in Mykonos in a bikini and someone yells out Moira, that's not so good. And you're talking about a Greek island where I want to be invisible and disappear oh. and just be, just be ridiculous just for three weeks. But, and then somebody yells out your character name and you turn like an idiot and then that's it. It's gone, <laughs> completely gone. So I'm not taking my top off, I'm not doing anything, I'm, my ass isn't going to be out there, nothing. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> I remember. I remember once, like, I was uh, my first day ever in Jerusalem. Oh, it was in 2005. Yeah. And I got the guy I was with, I'm, he's like, oh, so what do you do in Australia? So oh, I work on this singing show. I was like, yeah, is it big? Oh, yeah. And we, when, then we, we come around the corner and goes, and there is the Western Wall. And I'm gazing down yeah. upon the Western Wall. And this guy goes, oh, my God, he's yeah. a dream. Yeah, yeah. And, he looked, and he's yeah. like, yeah, fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> but it breaks, it breaks yeah. the world you're in. Like sometimes it's just yeah. so disturbing that you then go into this shell, you know, this sort of weird other space. And, and, and I lost confidence. I, I don't know. Not yeah. that I get on bars very often, but I just just wanted to be completely invisible just for that moment and yeah. just have fun and do something I'd never do. Yeah. And then I was picked up on it. It's like yeah. having coppers, you know, just going, yeah, oh, right. yeah, come over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, you can't do that. And that's what it felt like. And I, I instantly just went, oh, <laughs> I just covered up. It was oh, just, no. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess that's – it's completely out of context. Yeah. But it's one of my favourite quotes. It's – um. Uh, from The Godfather Part Two, yeah. this is the business we have chosen. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, that, <laughs> that's the films. yeah, yeah it's, the, it's an extraordinary yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, it's, man, the whole what a, series. What an Oscar! Yeah, what are the films? One and two, one an Oscar. I don't yeah. know, uh, but it's an extra. You know, that's the trade-off that yeah, you make. Yeah, is yeah. Oh, I want to put my likeness, my face, on into the public yeah. space. Yeah. Now, therefore, I'm kind of trading a bit of my ownership of it away. But I think I think there's a, and I, I agree a hundred percent. But when you 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 have down times in your life, in other words, yeah. you're just not dealing with life. Yeah. And you you go for a walk, and and then you're bombarded with that, and your response isn't what they expect. Yeah. It's sometimes you're in these dark places, and you just can't pull it out. And I've had that, you know, where I've just thought I, I can't, I just can't. Um, and then I feel like I'm attacked because I can't. And that, that's, I mean, that to me is sort of sad because, you know, I, you know, I suppose that's sort of the penalty. You know, you are out there and, and it's all great and you're working and it's wonderful and it's lovely to have that recognition, but when you don't want it and you really can't take it, I think that's when then, you know, then it becomes a really difficult thing to navigate and, and negotiate for me. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm, I think people think I'm always this up funny person and generally I'm not. I'm actually complete. I like my privacy. I like being quiet. I like going for walks. I, I don't stick sh- heaps of music in my ear. I just want to, you know what I mean, just sort of calm yeah. down and, and leave for a little while. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do that. And I think unless you stay in your, your unit. Yeah. You know? Well, which I definitely, definitely did. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't leave the house for three or four days at a time, Doris. Um, my wife, we were on holidays in Hawaii with apparently all of Australia. <laughs> Why did you go there, seriously? Because I wanted to go to fucking Hawaii. I wanted to go surfing at Waikiki. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, I was struggling. Yeah. Uh, I was struggling and at first I'd be like, oh, I said, okay, if we don't do a photo, I'm just not yeah. feeling it. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, just take the fucking photo. Yeah. If you take it, it'll be over in 10 seconds rather than, you know, now you're kind of grumbly and they're walking away thinking you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, all right. And so I she know. kind of gave me a kick in the pants. Yeah. And like, but, yeah, some days I'm, I'm yeah. not into it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, some days I've got the baseball cap or the trucker hat, yeah. like, low. Yeah. Steve Peacock wears that a lot <laughs> throughout the whole of this the five-bedroom series. Yeah. He was in that cap because he gets recognised for home and away when constantly. When he's upset. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like he sits with his back towards the crowd in a restaurant, so he always makes sure he's – because people are just – and it's the thing that they stare at him watching him eat. They stare at him constantly. They're whispering. You can tell, yeah. you know, and he, he sort of becomes smaller than, than he should – have to, yeah, you know, and it's only because there's an insecurity, and I think people think because you are in in that line of work that that your personality is that. Yeah. Whereas I love the work, and I love the writing, and I love the characters. I don't love the world of it, if you yeah. know what I mean. I, yeah. I don't want to be a celebrity. I don't want to be a star. I don't want to. I want to work on scripts that make me think and mm. feel and make other people, you know, bring pleasure to other people, you know. Um, and I've always been like that, so I'm never good at red carpet stuff or, you know, I, I find that stuff quite frightening, mm. if that makes any sense. I, I, people I, don't think that of me. What I would suggest to your mate Steve is yeah. like, because um, <laughs> I've noticed a big difference. Yeah. Uh, there are parts of Australia where I have done exactly that and there's parts of Australia where I have not needed to do that. Yeah. One of those parts of Australia, for what it is, is yeah. Bondi. When I was living yeah. in Bondi, no one gave a shit. Oh, really? Yeah, no one cared. Is that because there's so many of you down exactly. there? Exactly. <laughs> That's, the That's the thing. It's like yeah. when, when I lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like yeah, they, that, yeah. you literally don't give a shit yeah. because like, oh, it's fucking Al Pacino's at the next yeah. table. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, what am I going to do? And, Which and way do I look? he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. So no yeah. one in the room cares. Yeah. And so that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, oh, the worst one I ever did was yeah. I once, um, there was a time when I worked at Channel V and I, I'd happened to be out with Molly Meldrum a bit. Yeah. You have never seen people get – that guy get punished so hard. Like people would run across the street yeah. and grab him and try and take his hat. Yeah. And the poor guy, that was his life. For like 40 years, that was his life. So I could I could go and live on a Greek island and run away tomorrow. Yeah. I could. I could I, there'd be no hesitation. <laughs> if I could make it work, I would just go and live on a Greek island and cook. You don't have to go to Greek. Fiji's only three hours no, away. No, I wouldn't go there. So I want to go to oh, – because my husband's Greek. So oh, right. we spend a lot of time in Greece and we're heading back there in August. Oh, fab. Yeah. So we go there a lot. I don't know. You can't surf there at all. That's all right. Uh, but there's no sharks, no blue bottles, no stingrays, no <laughs> anything. So you can just swim forever. Yeah. And it's silent. And it's beautiful. And you can have a whole beach to yourself. And I – I love that that kind of solitude. I, you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. You can be whoever you want to be. I like, love it. You for the whole time. I love it too. I've not been to Greece yet. Oh, my God. Are you only, kidding me? No, no, no. The only time I've spent on the Mediterranean has been in my time in Israel, but I, it's pretty close. <gasps> You're crazy it's if only you don't a couple go. Of, yeah, I know. G really wants to go. Yeah. Yeah, I really got it. Have the baby. Take the baby because yeah, it's such yeah. a safe a place to take a child and take the 15-year-old and get the hell out. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And I want to eat all the hummus. Oh, well, well, hummus is more Arabic, but oh, you, yeah. you will get that in Greece. You'll get tzatziki, tarama. Yeah. You'll have fish and salad that and tomatoes that you've the taste yeah. of them will just 
and blow yeah. your mind because everything's grown there. Yeah, you, well, that's, you, that's, yeah. that's the other thing. And go to remote that, islands where there's, you know, 30 yeah. people. They're yeah. the ones you want to I'm hear. down. I'm absolutely down yeah. for that. I remember my, my mum, uh, she's passed away now, but when yeah. they first came to Australia in the 50s, my grandfather was a, was a doctor. Yeah. And um, he was like... All my Greek patients are like the only old people yeah. that I treat are Greek. Yeah. I don't treat any old white people. All the only old people I treat are Greek. I think it's something in the food. <laughs> Isn't it? No, seriously. Like yeah. well before yeah. anyone did any science. It's yeah. like the only people I have who are over 70 yeah. are all Greek people. But, then, you know, now they're doing major research into there's an uh, an area called Ikaria in Greece and I think there's three other places where the, the rate of dementia is, is non-existent. There is. It just doesn't exist. So these people are living for 101. They smoke. They, they still drink. They go to the tavernas at 11 o'clock at night, walk back. They eat off the land. Yeah. They're not on, on this mobile phone crap. Yeah. They interact with people. And they're trying to work out why their brains, their minds don't go. And because yeah. I'm an ambassador for Dementia Australia because mum passed with that. So, you know, I, I, it's fascinating that there's little pockets where the, the, the case of dementia is, is almost non-existent. Mm. And you think, why is that? What are we doing wrong? Because ours is one in four. Good in Lord. A, oh, God, yeah. And higher for women. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's I'm counting sh- on getting it. That's a shocker. It'll be me, I'm telling you. Yeah. Because well, there's seven in our families and one of us is going to get it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, yeah, a, a, a dear friend of mine, his, his dad went with um, really quite aggressive vascular dementia. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. was within two years. Yeah. He was... It was and it was really tough mm. watching this guy because yeah. I, I knew him as well. Yeah. He was mate's yeah. dad, you know. It was really tough. It is because you sort of lose them twice. You lose them mm. mentally and you lose them physically. Yeah, and that's what you have to sort of deal with. Is that I remember losing mum and then going, okay, I've lost her. Like she's she's not there anymore. Yeah. There's glimpses, but it was never. Mm. She didn't know my name. She didn't know who I was. And then you lose them physically, and yeah. it's just it's really unfair. It's a very cruel illness. You know, we can if you know if you get cancer early enough, we can cure it. This thing, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Just you're literally just watching someone. Euthanasia, I think, I think has got to come in. We've got, oh. we've got to give people the right to not live that kind of ending, to not have that ending in their life. It's just, it's not fair. It's really I, not fair. You could, I couldn't agree with you. Thank God. More. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you. Because there's so many. Argue. I mean, people are so for and against this, but I just, really? it's got to come into play. It's. I've, you know, I've had a conversation on this show before. I've mm. I've treated pets with more dignity than I've seen and some do. humans in my life. I know. You know? I know. I agree. Like, just, was it Dr. Brody O'Donnell was here and she said just because we can keep people alive, yeah. should we? Should we? Yeah, I agree. You know? And um, yeah. there's a great uh, – Denton actually did a really good podcast series yeah. on it. Yes, he did. Which I, I was yeah. really – I mean, uh, he's so pro. I, yeah. It's fantastic and yeah. it's – yeah. And a smart man talking about yeah. it as well. In a know. smart way. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a smart way. Yeah. And uh, I like the idea of the Nembutol, which is the drug that he talks about, yeah. which is self-administered. Yeah. So your stomach has to work. You have to – yep. you can't inject it. Yep. You actually have to drink it. Yeah. So it's a choice that you're making. Yes. You're physically doing it. Yeah. But just the idea of like if I've got stage four cancer yeah. and I'm starting to get a bit blinky with yeah. who's that, yeah. like, nah, get everyone here on Saturday. Yeah. I'd say, you know, come for lunch. Yeah. And then around four, yeah. I'll get this done and yeah. then you can all have dinner. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that's I think that's that's a oh, great thing. That's a great exit. Oh why be the best. Why have everyone lying around your hospital bed watching you die? You know? And and I don't I think till you've watched someone die, 
I mean, I, I did. I was the palliative nurse pretty much for mum. But till you've watched that process and you see the struggle that the body has, you know, and the, and the way things let go, that I think if people really knew what it's like, then I think they'd reconsider. Yeah. And I just think people don't want it. They just don't want to see it. They don't want to know about it. We'll deal with it when it comes. It's too late then. You yeah. know, it just, yeah. I certainly hope that when it's my time. That, I'll, do it. I'll do it for you. Okay? Well, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll well, come I, over. I, I told Audrey, like, yeah. when my mum was in, in palliative care, you know, I just I just said to Audrey, I just never let me get there. Give yeah. Me, give me the tontine treatment. Yeah. You yeah. know, but then again, you know, here in this country, it's like, well, is, is she up for murder? Yeah, but then you, you know? leave the country and have, there's countries you can do it in. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, mm. if if I were to get my hands on a drug that could do it, yeah. would then my life insurance pay out? Like, well, that's the other. That's know, the other thing. Yeah, just, yeah. That's the things that you want to think about. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's ridiculous how I mean that that sound minds mm. is just saying just let me exit my life. Yeah. The way I want to. Yeah. And yet there's all this this other garbage you've got to deal with. Yeah, I just yeah. think, and why you don't want to jump off a cliff. You don't want to have a car accident in case you live. I mean, there's and, yeah. and sometimes things don't work. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I just think do it with dignity and, and make it a celebration of of yeah. your life rather than yeah. You know, I yeah. think it was like I think we had it for a day. I think in the Northern Territory they passed the, the law, and I think it was there a day. for a day. I didn't know about that. Yeah, what, I think it was what happened a, to the next day? Yeah, so for, for what a, were we thinking? For a day, I don't know. <laughs> then some sort of high court something yeah. came in, and and they they locked it down. Yeah. But yeah, Northern Territory is a bit loose. You can get away with a lot up there. <laughs> yeah, you spend much time up there? No, I've been up there. For, I think we were touring Hamlet. I've only been up there a couple of times. It's pretty frontier, but, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty frontier. It's okay. an interesting space. Yeah. Yeah. No one's from there. <laughs> It's a bit like Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. You know? What's your name? Um, Jack. Yeah, Yeah. my name's Jack. It's not. We know it's Jonathan or Michael or something. And, you know, what what are you up here for? Oh, been here a couple of years. Yeah. He's never going to tell you what he did in Melbourne or why he's no longer in Melbourne or why he's by himself. (laughs) That's where they all go. Yeah, you just... You just quietly go, okay, yeah. Jack, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to work with you yeah. on this job. <laughs> you know, that's what, I think that's where you yeah. go. Like if you've done, if you've done a 10 stretch and, yeah. and you don't want to be around your, uh, you know, whatever got you into, tr- yeah. into trouble, you yeah. go up to Northern Territory and live out the rest I of your keep life. I that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's the same as a Greek island for me, but. No, well. Yeah. You know, it's not you, quite what I was thinking. No, uh, no. The, the Greek island, I have this idea of kind of like it's the sexy beast kind of, um, yes, you know, yeah, ex-gangsters living their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Living their lives out there. Uh, what, we're in Sydney right now. What, what part of the, the world did you start? Well, uh, Western Sydney, so I was born and bred in Parramatta. Yeah. And, and you know, way back then it was it was sort of nothing. Parramatta's now a thriving city. It's it's huge. Um, it's completely changed. And I've been in and out of it, so um, just for work and stuff, it takes me places. But, you know, when you're from the West, it stays with you. <laughs> it just never leaves you. And I, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. But I didn't have... Because I went through NIDA and I remember when I got into NIDA, I remember thinking, I haven't got a clue. I don't know any of this. I don't know these types of people that are, do you know what I mean? I was really a fish out of water. I just wanted to be an athlete. I just wanted to run for the state. That's all I wanted in my life. My parents, of course, said no, because that's not what a a good um, Lebanese girl does. You get married and have children, which, you know, got married, didn't have the kids. But it was, um, I didn't feel like I ever belonged there. 
there was always something else. Like I, I just wanted to get out of there, um, but I needed a reason to. And, and look, it, it ended up working out for me because of getting into NIDA and then spending three years living with Richard Roxburgh, which completely changed my, my world and opened my eyes. And and he he taught me a hell of a lot, and I adore him for that, you know, and I don't think he even realises, you know, how, how much he invested in me and... And, it, yeah, incredible relationship. And to watch him work, too, was mind-blowing, just in the early stages as well. And I don't think people understand just how funny that guy is. But, yeah, look, um, as much as I love Western Sydney, it was the best thing I, I did was get out of there. I mean, I keep uh, – every time I go back there, I always think, we need more theatres there. You need to set up some fringe theatres. You know, you've got the, the Parramatta, the huge theatre that's there that just transfers shows – to that space that they're coming from elsewhere, but it doesn't have a, it doesn't have its own heartbeat. Um, there's a lot of money there, and I've tried to manipulate that and change it because I set up a, a studio called Westside Actors where I was teaching drama because I know there's talent there, and I, I actually landed two actors in with really good agents. Julia Maroon was one of them um, who did Fighting Season and is now in the US. But the thing is, it's like clawing your way. You know, it's for support. Um, and I, I kept thinking, I'm from here, I'm successful, I want to be here to, to change this, the shape of this, this place and bring the arts in, bring it in, I mean, and which is slowly happening with Tropfest. I mean, things are starting to move down there, but people keep saying, I'm not going to go that far, I'm not going to go to Parramatta. They still see it as a, as a huge distance. But I, I still think that you have to change the mindset there for the arts to survive in that place, it's, you know, and I, I don't, I tried doing it, I, I got tired. And that's the thing, I, I think you, you sort of give it your best shot and then you go, okay, look, I'm, I'm not going to spend my life changing the, this environment because there's other things I want to do. And I, I tend to do that a lot and I don't know why that is, but I, I sort of start on something, I get really passionate about it and then I just go, I can't keep doing this because that's taken one year out of my life. Now it's another one and, and you neglect everything else. But look, I think, look, uh, Parramatta, Castle Hill, all those places will change eventually. I, I don't know whether money's the, the corrupting thing. There's so much money there and there's so much building going on there. So I don't know if that's the thing. There's, there's not an underbelly of poverty that's sort of, you know, pulling the arts in or going, how do we express ourselves? I'm, I'm not quite sure what the solution is down that end. I would have loved to have broken the back of Parramatta a little bit more than I did, but... You know, I got tired. Why is it important for a community to have that fringe theatre and to have stories about itself? Because it, identi- it, it, it gives you an identity. And I think this is the thing. It, it's, it's almost like things come into Parramatta and they leave Parramatta, but what's, what's Parramatta? What, what stories are yours? It's this huge, uh, diverse culture there and it's continuing to change. And I've seen the changes. Um, and some great artwork and some great music. And, you know, I mean, you think of all these wonderful communities of, of cultures and yet we're not doing enough with it. Do you know what I mean? And, and the little bits that come out of, out of Parramatta, you think, my God, that's, that's incredible. Keep going. And it doesn't. It sort of just gets to one point, they get the funding and then it stops. And I just, I just think because it's such a melting pot of cultures, that area, they should be doing more with it. I mean, really, it's probably the most multicultural part of Australia. There's so much going on there. Mm. I mean, you know, the cross-section is extraordinary. And it used to be just Arabic because that's where they all migrated to and, you know, everyone came to Parramatta because it, 
know, the church is there, it's all the Lebanese are there, but they've all moved on. They're all doing their own thing. So you've got this real beautiful mix out there. Mm. It's just a shame. If I had more energy and I wasn't so tired, I'd probably give it another shot. But <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll always support it in any way I can because, I, look, I had a, a great upbringing and there. But I, I don't – you can't go back. You know what I mean? I don't want to go backwards too much. I need to keep moving forward. So you were a sporty kid. Very. At high seriously school. Seriously sporty. And then how did acting show up? I don't know. This, this is the weird thing. I was asked to run for the state. My parents said no. Uh, and I was seriously fast. What was your event? 100-metre uh, sprint, long jumps and, and hurdles. All oh, right. Uh, and you we're talking – fast. I, yeah, and I broke a record for the 70-metre sprint. I can't remember what the time was, but it, I broke the New South Wales record. I was fast and yeah. a really explosive runner. And I'm not distance at all. Just, I just, and, you know, for me, winning was everything. Just, I'm going to win. I just knew I could do it. And then I went, well, I remember going uh, when I was at Castle Hill, uh, De La Salle Brothers. They kept, the first play I ever did was um, Taming of the Shrew, Shakespeare, ever. And it was just a, a school production. And they kept saying, God, you're really talented. You should, you should consider doing it. And I just kept flicking that off. And also I wasn't that interested. I still was obsessed with sports. I was the school captain, sports captain. You know, I was, it was all about the physical for me. And then I ended up in a PN college and I was more interested in the dance side of things. But they kept pushing me and I ended up doing Cleopatra there. I kept doing these, these big roles. And they kept saying, you should audition for NIDA, you should audition. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. Then I ended up auditioning for NIDA and got in. Like this, they take, you know, 6,000 people audition, they took 21 and it was my first hit. Do you know what I mean? I just said, what? This is ridiculous. And I remember, I remember the fear that hit me. It wasn't the excitement. I just thought, they've made a mistake. They've got no idea who I am. Do you know what I mean? I'm a runner. I am not an actor. Yeah, I just, I just thought, I'm, they're going to find out. They're just going to find out I'm a fake and a phony and <laughs> some leb chick from the West who has never read Breck, check off anything. Do you know what I mean? And then I met Roxburgh and then that, that allowed me to, to develop and create and he guided me a lot of the way, which was brilliant. But I've always, the, the thing is, even with my acting world now, and I've had a really successful career, you know, I went and joined the circus for a while, so I was doing flying trapeze and acrobatics. I still couldn't, you know, there's just something about the physical has always been part of me and that's why I love physical theatre and I love, you know, when you do the, the Shakespeare's, they're big, bold, you know, sword fighting you know, all that. I love the size of that stuff. But look, and it'll always be in my, my system. I'll always, I'll always cherish the physical side of, of um, me as an actor. I mean, I, I, I think that's such a part of me. But then, you know, I do something like Five Bedrooms and for me at the, at my, the age I'm at, which is seriously old, people keep saying, you've hit your straps. I'm thinking, shit, I've been doing this for 35 years. I've finally hit my straps. You know what I mean, it's just like taking so long. Tell me what is that like? <laughs> NIDA is the National Institute, Institute of Dramatic of Arts, dramatic arts yep. and many a uh, many a famous Australian actor has passed through there. Yeah, Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah. we've, we've this is the cream Plenty. of the crop is really Plenty. It's yeah, clearly bar like, me. Yeah, piffle. <laughs> yeah, come on, you've been. That was a mistake. You've been paying your rent. I just needed to fill the quota. You've been paying your rent and putting food in your fridge for, as you said, yeah. thirty five years. Yeah. Something's the imposter syndrome is a powerful thing. I'm not going to let that go, don't I? But you're really going to have to let it go. I was telling my wife this the other day. She just started a new gig yeah. writing yeah. Uh, for a, 
you know, a pretty massive company. Yeah. They asked her to write a regular column. Yeah. And she goes, but why me? I said, honey, there was a meeting. There were 10 people's names on the whiteboard. <laughs> there were 10 people in the room yeah. and they spent an hour uh, yeah. crossing names off yeah. a lift until only yours <laughs> remain, all right? So yeah. bear in mind yeah. that it's not a favour. Yeah. But I, I seriously felt that. I felt like I honestly thought they gave me the Australian Idol job as a, as a favour. Yeah, yeah. I, but I did why not we, feel that I deserved the, it. And, and my husband does the same because when I landed five bedrooms, he was like, you got it because you were the best. <laughs> it's like stop thinking you're going to – because I always think I'm going to ruin it. Um, they're going to work it out that oh, she was great at the audition but she's going to be shit when we see her. Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to work and the, and the network's going to go, what were we thinking? Seriously. There's no way she can carry this. Honestly, I used to have dreams about it, dreams about me being cut and how I deal with it. Would I be okay? Just, just you know, don't cry. Just, okay, no, I, I absolutely understand. And my husband's constantly doing that, every job. But I think all actors are like that. Yeah. We're, we're just self-destructive. We just can't believe we're any good at anything. I, I don't understand. I just, I've got to some one day... That's why the Greek island's great. I'd never have to deal with it again. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it, what is it that so, they teach you at NIDA? Well, look, they, uh, they teach it. Look, there's so much. They cross everything, uh, movement, voice, uh, character work, uh, all your physicals. They, I mean, it, it's quite amazing because you get so many great people in to come in and actually not, not reshape you but shape you. They, they look at the raw material and then they, they sort of try and build on that. And they give you the tools so that when you go out in the industry, especially when it comes to theatre, um, because that's complete vocal change, that's articulation, it's dialogue, it's, it's an appreciation of scripts. There's so much that they cover in those three years and it's hellish because you're always, um, there's always a possibility you get kicked out. So you're, you're always on your toes. It's really quite competitive too. Um, how many people make it for the three years, 21 start? We started with 21. I think we ended up with about 16. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they, they cut when they need to. But I think that's a, sort of a good thing. I mean, although you make a commitment to them for three years, there's, there's also comes a time where I think if you're really not pulling your weight, you're not going to pull your weight out there. So they're sort of saving you in a sense. But also there's the argument, which I, and I'm not sure where I absolutely sit, but you make a commitment to us. You're the only people judging that talent. I mean, Mel Gibson was on probation twice, which means he was close to being kicked out. Now look at him. So who are we to judge somebody else's talent? Somebody out there might go, brilliant, and someone else might say, absolute crap, which happens all the time. Maybe he needed that probation to pull his socks up. And, Maybe. Well, that's, you know. that's possible, yeah. I was never on probation, so. <laughs> <laughs> and Roxborough wasn't either, so. Is there something in that? Like, we just sort of looked out for each other, I think. Uh, I don't know. But, but I'm, guess, I'm guessing also there's also the people that you, as you mentioned, the people yep. that you bump into and the people that you yep. travel on the same path with yep. that influence you. Yeah. I was really lucky, though. I mean, really, I had um, a really confident, uh, dynamic, I don't know why I'm praising him so much. I hardly see him now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's just, you know, when you know people shape your life, they, mm. they sort of, they believe in you more than you believe in yourself and therefore it gives you the courage to do things. And for me, that was that was him, and I needed that then because I was completely out of my depth. I had seriously no idea, and I still look back on that time. And I think I I don't know how I managed to get through those three years, but you learn so much. They pull you apart and put you back together again. Sometimes they don't achieve the putting back together again well enough, and I'm sort of working with some NIDA grads now, just some uh, who are sort of lost because they don't they don't tell you that you're not going to work. 
for maybe a year. You may not, do you know what I mean? It's not you're going to walk out of there and everyone's going to go, oh, they're from NIDA. Therefore, yeah. it doesn't happen. CAA's on the phone and yeah. they've got a Marvel yeah. movie for yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's what the, it's this, this false hope that they, yeah. and it doesn't happen. Maybe one in that year is going to work. And so many of our years dropped off. There's still about three of us still in the industry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you give it your best shot. But then when you, you're tired of, of the rejection and the constant rejection, you just go, you know, I can't, can't do this anymore. I can't it, be battered constantly. It really is, as far as a, a, a job yeah. is concerned, it really is one of the, <laughs> the toughest, yeah, toughest, I think toughest is. gigs yeah. there, there is. Because yeah. you are deliberately spending years training for yeah. an industry where uh, <laughs> you're constantly going to be judged by yeah. the way you look, yes. the way you sound. Yeah. And if there might be two jobs out there yeah. for the next five yeah. years yeah. And, you'll, and there's 40 people yes. going for them. Yeah. And you miss, I mean, the amount of times I've just missed on a job, like just, like it was between two and then it was, hmm. and I just thought it's mine, it's mine, it's mine and I don't get it. And it was something that I, I really, you know, thought this, this is me, I can play this. Um, but then there's also the, the look thing, and I think that's the other problem that the women in this industry have. I mean, I was politely sort of uh, taken aside at night by one particular teacher who said, you know, you might want to consider getting a nose job if you want to stay in the industry, like if you want to work. Uh, and I remember thinking that that was a horrendous thing to say. And then, and then as years went on, I thought, I'm not getting that much. Maybe he was right. Oh. And I almost crossed over. I, I mean, I went in and saw someone about having it reduced and I thought, I can't, this is my dad's nose, I can't. And what if it doesn't work and what if it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the problem is, is that you start looking at all the things that are wrong with yourself mm. rather than it's just not your time or someone just didn't see what they wanted or they, you're just not the right person for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you start to destroy yourself a little bit. Yeah. And that's why if you're fragile in this industry, if you're a fragile heart and soul, then I, I think it, it can kill you. I think you should walk away. And that's why when I teach, I say, if you're not in this for the long haul and you're willing to take and ready to take that amount of rejection, which nobody else does, and learn all this stuff and then go in there and put your heart on your sleeve and then to say thank you, bye, and you don't hear anything, then don't do it. Then just don't do it because it, it is gut-wrenching stuff. Uh, one of my early mentors in in uh, radio and television, yeah. who I would call when I'm like, "Man, the fuck, I can't believe yeah. it!" <laughs> and he, he 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 told me once. It was when I got to uh, I worked with him in radio. He was on yeah. television in in, in in Brisbane from from in kids TV, and he said, "I had this extraordinary moment when I was at NIDA, and yeah. I'm like." Okay, this is it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be an actor. He was like in his second year. He's like wondering yeah. how he's gonna do it. Da 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 da. Fucking take on the world. Yeah. And he walked into a news agency to buy a newspaper, and the person that served him was Ruth Cracknell. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. Fuck. <laughs> she has to work in yeah. a news agency yeah. to pay the bill. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> and yeah. she was on massive television shows at yeah. the time. Yes. But she had to take a gig at a news and agency. And that's the thing, but it happens all the time. It, it, tell me, why do we, why, why torture yourself and, and enter this industry? So why do you do it? It's, for me, it's always about script. Like, I, I can't explain, like, it, it's Chekhov, it's Shakespeare, it's dialogue, it's, it's working with people who are trying to decipher a scene or, like, I, I, when I did Hamlet with Josh McConville, just watching that guy play Hamlet, mm. 
every night. I mean, I was playing his mother, so I was in a lot of his the scenes. But it's I don't know. It's it's um, I learned so much, and also you're exploring your own self. You are you're opening yourself up. You're you're playing different emotions. You're allowed to be other characters and have a dabble in another world. And I, I find that quite fascinating. I mean, again, with with this show that I'm currently doing, I remember reading the scripts that Michael and Christine wrote and just went, my God, I want this, this is it. This is, I, I have to play her. And, you know, I just knew there was something uh, beautiful and raw and dangerous about this character, you know. And I, I suppose it's that. It's when you read those scripts and you just think, I want to have a go at living that kind of world. I want to, and I think that's the, that's the luxury actors have, is that we get to explore so much. We get to dress up and, and, and go back to the Victorian era. We get to, to kill our children in, in, in Shakespeare. We get to, you know, we get to scream and shout and laugh and, and have people clapping. And, and you know, they're, they're pretty amazing moments when they, when they work. And I think that draws you to keep going. I mean, they, they, I've come close to just going, I can't do it anymore. Only because it's more tired and I think I want to explore other parts of me that are not about being in the public and, and, and having that audience response. And that's why I think I always want to run away. You know, I just want to run away and, and be someone else for a little while. And I don't think it's, it's not because I'm dissatisfied with what I've done or, or you know, the, the body work I have. I just think I'm, surely I can do other stuff. I mean, I started as a runner. Maybe I should be a, a carer. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe I should be the voice of dementia um, an ambassador, but but be, you know, work much more, align myself with those guys a lot more. Maybe I need to do something that's for someone else, I mm. suppose, and, and not such a selfish, you know. I would put it to you that you already do something for someone else. Like if, if people have had a, you know, had a shit day, they've finally yeah. got the kids to bed and they just want to spend an hour mm. just, you know, not yeah. having their phone and yeah. then they get to escape into this this world of a show like yeah. Five Bedrooms, for example, yeah. where they can either relate to your character or one of the yeah. other characters and go, oh, yeah, that person's a little like I lived with someone yeah. like that once. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that reminds me of this time. Oh, yeah, okay. And then, you yeah. know, then it's 9.30, they're like, okay, I can yeah. do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what <laughs> so, you're saying. I know. And I think, I think with this show particularly it's, it's resonating in that way. Yeah. There are women that because they're in the 50s and they, they feel like their lives are over, and they want to get out of their marriages and their, their kids are growing up and it's like, who am I now? I think that's why I was attracted to this character because I'm, I'm, I'm approaching that. And just, I want to run away and be someone else. And she, it's the same with the character I'm playing. Mm. She wants to run away and just see if she is someone else and can be without yeah. her sons and, and her husband who's constantly on eBay, <laughs> you know, because he's sort of forgotten that she exists anyway, you know. And I think, and I think a lot of women feel that way. I'm sure men do as well. Um, but I, lo I love that I have the opportunity to do that. And, and I know what you're saying, but you also have to think about what it is you want for the mm. rest of your life, not what you're doing for other people, you know mm. what I mean? Like what, what is it, what's going to fulfil me now? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that I know what you're talking about when it comes to, like I've just finished doing this shoot and, you know, 60 people. Yeah. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. You know, it's our seventh season. Everyone's... Everyone knows each other. The yeah. whole thing works. And when you work yeah. as a team like that, um, Will Anderson often says, you know, when he's on something like Gruen, he says, mm. I'm just 
I'm just the bloke up the front of the plane, yeah. but it cannot fly without yep. every single person. Yeah, yeah. And, and similarly, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm on camera, but I'm only on camera for a little bit. And yeah. the whole, there's 60 people to make this show mm. happen. And it's just to be a part of a team of 60 doing yeah. something together. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is it's, pretty I cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy it. I know. I'm the same. You know, it's the, like the crew and the. The little dance yeah. you do with yeah. the, the camera people yeah. and the lighting guys and the audio people. But would people. you miss it if you left it? Terribly. I missed it. I, I was taking away from me I didn't leave it deliberately yeah. when because um, like you I've been on shows that have been cancelled yeah. and yeah, yeah, like yeah. shit I missed that yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not going again what's going on you know so yeah, yeah. to get to get back on and you know yeah. to feel the warmth of the light on your face again yeah. and, and yeah. you know to to see familiar faces because it's all the same but people. is it but, it, but the, the thing is it's the adoration of others too and, and the thing is it's like a false world because they have to sort of you sort of have to be that way for that period of time. And that's what I mean by I, you need to know, and I think you've had the opportunity, you know, where you just, it stops. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's, that's the time I think that's interesting is then, then who am I without that little safety net? Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's what I'm, I, I think is, is the day I call that, like, you know, when you're on, on a cliff's edge and it's, you're either going to jump or you're going to stay on. It's just a bit risky. And I think some actors completely disintegrate. They just go, I, I'm so used to being this and being adored and put on a pedestal that when it all goes away, if you're not happy with who you are, do you know what I mean, and you can find the other life that you could live without all that, then there's a big problem there. And I think that's, it's a big problem for our industry is that people are struggling to survive without that, that they're, they're, they're what they train to do, what they believe they should be doing. Do you know what I mean? When that's, yeah, I think, I just think there's, there should be some more research into all of that, you know what I mean? Just um, just for the health of us a bit more, you know, when, when shows stop suddenly you just think, okay, now who am I? What do I do? Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, it's... it's Different in. I lived in Los Angeles for about ten years, and there's a lot of volume over there. Yeah, like a lot of work. Well, there is. Please bring it here. Well, you know what I mean, because you know, there's 300 million people. Exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. You can play a corpse on a telenovela, and you know, you get days work in. You know, you'll be around it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you get your catering. You'll, you know, you'll be around the grips and everything. You'll feel it. You know. Yeah. Uh, It might only be a couple of hundred bucks, but it's. Yeah. It's a day of work. Yeah. But here it's, you know, particularly in, in your field, yeah. Australian drama, there are things that are hard to get up. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good dear. Lord. God. Australian drama. I mean, I guess, you know, and, 
you would have seen it in you know the time you spent in, in Greece or if you ever spent yeah. any time in, in, in Lebanon, um, a country that doesn't have English as its first language, no. they have to make their own drama yeah. in their own language because yeah. they have to tell their own stories. Yeah. But in our country, because English is our first language, it's super cheap. It's yeah. cheaper to yeah. buy drama from overseas yeah. in English. Yeah. We don't need to. It floods our market Yeah, too. well, because it's, it's cheaper. I know. It's, it's cheaper to run. It's you know it's it's cheaper to run a half hour of The Simpsons than it is to pay for yeah you know and you but know then it's what happens work. to our industry this well, is the thing why are we then why does NIDA graduate twenty one students graduate three because yeah. then your chances are high I mean yeah. they all might get work but you know what I mean so yeah. what are, what are we creating then well, what are all these schools doing with all these kids that are coming out yeah that I, believe they're going to make it well I think that's you know that's where you know it's it's important that we do have content laws it's important that we mm. do have um, oh, local God, content yeah. laws because it's important that yep. our stories are told and it's important that our our cultural identity is kept well at least shaped somewhat by our um, popular culture and by the stories we tell it's mm. super super important yeah it is it is even though you know you can, you know, a network can buy, and in, it's my network, is you can buy NCIS and it doesn't cost you much. And, no, no, no. You exactly. know, you know it's going to work because it's yeah. 21, 21 years of ratings proven gold. Yeah. Why would they take a risk on, I'm just going to make numbers up, but, you know. No, you're right. Why spend $500,000 or $800,000 an episode on a show mm. that you don't know if it's going to work when you can spend two hundred and no, you yeah. know. I know. Like, it's business. I get it. But how? What does it do for our culture, and what's it do for us? You know, then who are we as a nation? That's right. You know, yeah. who is a yeah. nation? Where's our story as a mm. country? Yeah, it, I know. It kind of it's 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 so important. But it's getting worse because we can access everything now. Netflix, Stan. We've got so many options. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Now that that's all out there, and and you can watch it when you want to watch it. And you yeah. know, I mean, sure you can now with TV, but you've still got fast forward those ads. Yeah. And there's heaps of them. But, you know, I just, I, I don't think people are that. Ads are great. They pay my wages. Say it. <laughs> ads are great. They pay my wages. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll keep the ads in just for you. <laughs> but then on the flip side of that, someone like yourself who has the breadth of career that you've had, you are able to go, this particular writer, this particular producer, this mm. particular story, mm. this is what I want to make. Let's go to Stan, Netflix, Amazon. Yep. Let's create something. Which we aren't doing. Write it in yep. such a way that yep. Netflix or Amazon go, you know what, even though it's Australian, this will play. Yep. Yeah. This will play because yes. we have outlets in Germany and Italy. Yes. And, and yeah. Some of my favourite Netflix shows are in other countries. Yeah. From yeah, other yeah, countries. And I yeah. watch them with subtitles and they're awesome. I know. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, I mainly watch UK stuff because I love that they do raw television. They, it's just raw. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not really the American. I don't. I find it all a bit glitzy. So, so never before has you know we had to rely on production budgets that come from Australian yeah. free to air networks. You know, we can now pitch Netflix Australia or yeah. pitch Amazon Australia and yeah. go, we reckon. And if you write it in a just a, you don't need to put much. You just no, put no, a little no. salt on it to make yeah. sure that it'll play overseas. Yeah. Like yeah. you make it broad enough, you made it. No, it's just a story about a family. You yeah. have families there. We have families. Yeah. Here's a story about a family. Yeah. Sure, we don't say the letter R, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you'll figure it out. <laughs> we can fix that. Yeah, you'll yeah. be all right. Yeah. You'll figure it out. So yeah. on the flip side, this was a very exciting time. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, drama, absolutely, yeah. Because the gatekeepers have shifted. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, which I'm, I'm sure you're putting together. And and by the sounds of things, you know, if if you're out there and you're teaching and you're staying among it and you're working with other people, yeah. that you are keeping that momentum up in between gigs and you're keeping that 
Yeah, well, that's well, well, going. I mean, we've written a series called Hard Road, which we hope to get on. Oh, cool. um, yeah, which is about the juvenile justice system. And we've got major people attached to it. It's just finding... The thing is, I don't want it to be watered down. It has to be in the, the way I want it to be. Otherwise, I'm not interested in making because it's based on my sister who works in the system. And I don't want it to be, you know what I mean? So you've got to be very careful where you place stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to give it another big push this year. And only because now that I've become the, the not-so-invisible Doris Unane, um, I'm going to use that that platform now and just go, okay, this is the... Because people have always said, what's this show you've written? Because I mentioned it somewhere and now there's people going, let's have a look at this show. It's, yeah. You know, and I think, oh, didn't happen three years ago. Now why, everybody wants to know about it. Why is it, why is it important to tell a story about the juvenile justice system? Because my sister worked it for 20 years and still involved and I remember hearing uh, stories and, um, and also it's an area that's never been touched. The JJOs are, are sort of you know, just not represented, they're not appreciated. I mean, we all know about the Ambos, the police, the doctors, but these guys are saving, trying to save children. But the whole thing behind it is that they're, they're a team of adults who are more damaged than the children who are actually trying to solve their lives when their own lives are crumbling. Because I believe that everybody's personal belief is that everybody's damaged. Some, some of it will surface for, you know, something will trigger it to, you know, sort of explode. Other people can go through life completely oblivious to what that damage is whereas these people are confronted with so much damage that they've got to control their own and sometimes it, it sort of breaks out and then it, it sort of folds back in some of them don't survive it but it's very much based on on um true stories and stuff that i that she's told me and and also had the the impact it's had on her life you know she's completely an altered person because she's worked with that environment you know that with um um Kids that are completely lost and 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 people don't understand that it's it, it's the 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 background story. How why are these kids yeah. like that? You know, people just say, "I'll lock them up because they." Yeah, but why did he? Why did he do that? Why did he rob that person? Why did he, you know, go back? And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And they've only got till seventeen because then they go into the adult system. Oh, so they stay in the system. So you yeah. know what I mean. So you get all these characters that are, keep crossing paths, but then you've got this team of JJOs who are juvenile justice officers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely um, input there. Yeah. Um, yeah, who are, who are trying to deal with their own lives and also deal with just how damaged these kids are. Yeah, I think, you know, being a prison officer, being a warden of an adult prison, yeah. you'd see someone in their 20s and go, oh, yeah, he, yeah. he or yeah. she did this. Yeah. Okay, they're yeah. a grown-up, fair enough. Yeah. But if you're faced with a 15-year-old girl... 12, who's, 11, who's 15, done, yeah. yeah. ...who's yeah. done something horrible yeah. and then they tell you what happened yeah. to them when they were six... Yeah. And then kept happening yeah. until they were fifteen yeah. or twelve, and that's why they ran, and that's yeah. why they did this thing. Yeah. Like, that's gonna fuck you but up. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> you go home to your own kids, and <laughs> but it's also the sense of um, the humour that they've got to have to yeah. survive it. It's like Ambos, you know. Yeah. It's like you know they, they've got they've got to find the light side of, yeah. of things. I mean, I remember my sister was walking through the cross, and she was telling me that when she uh, she was with a girlfriend, and and there, there was a couple of guys walking towards her. And, and she was sort of going, okay, just, just hang on to your bag because she said we're going to get they're – gonna, they're going to roll us basically. She knew it. She could just tell. And she couldn't see them very clearly. And then as they approached each other, you could see that something may ha- – may was going to happen. You know, this is this, this, this mm-hmm. feeling. And then she knew the guy 
because <laughs> she would work with him. Said so basically, he was out of his jurisdiction. He shouldn't have been there. Yeah, he's on home detention, so yeah. he shouldn't have been there anyway. And she just called out his name as some Islander kid, and said, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just, you know, just just coming out. I just my mate wanted to come out for a bit, just getting some cigarettes." And he said, "You're not even supposed to be here. This isn't your area. You go get home." And do you know what I mean? It was just that moment of just going, yeah. "Oh my god, my god, something bad's going to happen." She recognised him. Oh wow! And the whole situation changed. And I love that that. Things, moments like that happen in these people's lives. They know the streets. They know the kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah, they yeah. know it. They yeah. can tell you what's going to happen it's before super, it happens. Super interesting that she could tell from that far away just by body language alone. Yeah, you exactly. Know. It was going to get. Yeah. There's parts of this city that I wouldn't go to. I'd, I'd walk down the cross every day of the week and I'd feel safe as houses there. But there are other areas. Yeah, yeah. You can, I think further you go out. Westway. Yeah, but absolutely. Some really, but on the fringes of every city, yeah. on the fringes of every society, yeah. there's desperation. Yeah, there's, absolutely. You yeah. know, and you know, it's, it's like we said, like, sure, someone's gonna, someone might rob you, but you know, it, it's not for a kick. Yeah. Uh, usually, oh, yeah. it's yeah. for like I'm yeah. hungry. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My kids are yeah. hungry, and it's also all they know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just part of their DNA. Yeah. at that point when they get to that age. Well, I certainly hope you tell that story because that story I think would translate internationally quite well. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah. it's it is like a not it's like you know that that whole um, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. It's got that yeah. sort of feel to it. Yeah, but was oh, it a procedural? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I want it to be. I want it to be sort of. Funny and, and ridiculous and yeah. and dark and you know what I mean and we've written a bible so we've got yeah. you know a hundred and something pages we've written a synopsis we've hit a couple of the networks people have said it's great almost got funding yeah went with someone else it's just hard we don't have many options in Australia yeah um, now I've got to look at I want to look at Netflix Stan yeah. all those Amazon yeah and absolutely see whether we can place it there oh look yeah. did you watch um, Tidelands the Netflix no, show no no the thing about Tidelands is that it's clear that Netflix they want to make a show yeah and it, to us, it's like nothing. But that's the hinterland behind the Gold Coast, yes, all right? So yeah. it looks like nothing in America. Yeah. It looks like nothing in Europe. Yeah. It's this strange place yes, as far yeah, as they're yeah, concerned, yeah. right? And so similarly, you know, if you can set it somewhere that's somewhat familiar yeah. to a modern world but yeah. looks nothing like yeah. Europe or America yeah. – and you're telling a story that there's juvenile justice in, mm. you know, every industrialised yep. world, every industrialised country. No, every country really. Yeah. I think you'd be sweet. Yeah. And they'll definitely take a pitch. You okay. know, they, they, they need hits. Do you want to come and pitch it with me then? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how good I'd be. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. You know, I'm a terrible actor. I couldn't be involved in it like that. Um, oh, but train, I could stand. I could stand around. While, see what happens. I could stand around in a sleeveless North Face, drinking a cup of disposable coffee with a two-way on. <laughs> you know, sitting in a sitting in a high director's chair with little pockets yeah. on the side, going, yeah. "Yeah, I think that's pretty good." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, yeah, we, we'll can we just go for another one before we get the jib in? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. And then I say, "We can't. We're over. It'll be over time." <laughs> Just moving run, on, yeah, moving we'll, on. Yeah, we'll run with that one. It's all good. It's we'll all get good. my friend Jet yeah. to come and direct it. Yeah. Did you ever work with Jet Wilkinson? No, no. Oh, my God. She's amazing. She, no. did, but like, she did 110 episodes of oh. Home and Away and then she did 200 episodes of Neighbours. Oh, she'd probably uh, know Sam Meagle, the writer, maybe Yeah, mine, and now she's doing um, How to Get Away with Murder. She's doing The Shy. She's in Chicago now. How to Get Away with Murder. That's yeah, yeah, the Viola Davis. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, she's, she's from here. Get it up, pitch it. It'll She'll, be awesome. Yeah, you should totally pitch yeah, it. It'll yeah. be great. I'll be happy to come pitch it with you. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I want to, the thing is, I want to cast the uh, actors that we don't know. Yeah, you got like it. Like I want, I want the John Bruntons. I want those ugly mothers that are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. want, I want it to look like yeah. these people 
of yeah, the, yeah. the people. I don't want all this, yeah, this yeah. glamour bullshit. I want. I don't want cookie cutter. No, no, no. Actors. I don't want people telling me we've got to get her to make it. I don't care. I don't yeah, want yeah. that person. I want the people that deserve those roles who I know are good actors. Yeah. And just because they don't look quite right, and not getting the jobs. Yeah. And yet you know they're brilliant. Yeah. And that's what the UK does really well. When you look at shows like The Streets and mm. they just cast, they cast. And, and look, Five Bedrooms did that for us as well. They didn't, I mean, when you look at me, I do not, I always think this is not a Heather Doyle face. I mean, I, I, I instantly thought Susie Porter, she's the perfect, that's, that's the girl. Um, so I don't even look, you know, I, yeah. it just doesn't, doesn't fit yeah. the match, does it? Yeah, yeah. But then I, the Moira from McLeod's Daughters wasn't quite right, but you sort of think, okay, well, I must have done something pretty damn good in that rehearsal, in that audition yeah. to land it. And that's what I mean by those. If more of those faces were allowed in, we'd have some brilliant performances yeah. on those screens. Just take a risk. And I've got to say 10, although I don't think it's a risk, and people say, oh, it was risky casting. Yeah. It's not. They just cast the best people for those right. jobs. Right. I guess the other thing about your show is that you get an opportunity then to cast some young people who could, you know, you be really and they you know, have to transformative. stay in it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, but you meet them, but then you they keep popping back. Harry that's Potter what I love style or Game of Thrones style, you yeah. got to cast them when they're ten. Oh, you know, last step was uh, I'm so angry, still angry. You're still angry, still. Okay, so I'm just going to say this right now. If you haven't watched the last episode of Game of Thrones yet, this is on you because we're about to talk about it, so don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, um, if you haven't, nobody cares anyway. I caught it yesterday because I've been out of the country. I've been out of the country, so yeah. my, you know your wife loves you when yeah. she waits nine days. My husband did that. He does that too. She waited nine days lovely? to watch it with That's me. That's love. That's so seriously It love. was love. Um, <gasps> Till you watched how it. How can you wrap up ten years of a show in one scene? I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Audrey and I talked about this last yeah. night. I was disappointed at the summit at the end when suddenly Grey Worm, who's yeah. essentially yeah. The, miri- the military dictator yes. yeah. who's ruling by force, still yeah. with the power of Daenerys, as probably still slaughtering people yeah. because as far as he's concerned, you know, even though Jon Snow's the rightful heir, he's, yeah. he's killing people yeah, yeah, regardless because yeah. that's yeah. what Daenerys wanted. Yeah. Um, he just goes, yeah, all right, then who do you want to be the king? Yeah. It's like, no, fuck no, he yeah. would have whipped, he would have killed Tyrion there and then. Absolutely. He was ready to execute him. Absolutely. He wouldn't have yeah. gone... And that was, the, uh, you know, that and that. And then the, uh, and also the three-eyed raven. Oh, no, seriously, I didn't care about him at all at that point. And why would you put, why would you put him in there? Well, like, why would, why would he? I don't know. It was just too. It was too easy. And and it's like they got tired and they just went, oh, you know what? Get him to kill her. He can be the king. Banish him. And it's just like it just got lazy. I yeah. just think they gave up. Because you can't have a yeah. battle scene that took 52 nights to shoot, yeah. a 52-night battle scene, and then give us that as an ending. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. And Khaleesi, so he has a conversation with the imp, and then he goes in and stabs her. You, you're my queen, you'll always be my queen. Yeah. Stabs her. Come on. <laughs> too yeah. easy. Too easy. Yeah. I, I, it's I just agree. all too easy. I agree. I mean, I I'm get it. I'm very angry. No, I get it, but I, I, yeah. I get you're angry, and... Because I invested in that show. Oh. I watched, I made you money. I watched that damn thing from the start same. to finish. I'm the same. So you, I deserve better. It was like when I watched the, the film version of The Watchmen, which is, uh, The Watchmen's, the, I think, the only graphic novel to be on the New York Times 100 book, best books of all oh. time. They're making okay. it into an HBO show now. Oh, wow. Uh, it's f- 
amazing. Yeah, it's okay. incredible. I've got it, and you can watch it over there. I've got the actual comic books oh. over there, and I've actually oh, got wow. the the okay. bound book up up yeah. there. It's an incredible book. Yeah. Um, and when I watch the movie version, there's a, I'm not, I won't spoil anything, but the part yeah. of, a part of the film takes place on Mars, yeah. right? A part of the story takes place on Mars. I remember watching the movie and we were two hours and 15 minutes into it. Yeah. I'm like, we haven't even got to Mars yet. There's yeah. a, fuck, there's a monologue coming up. Yeah. And sure enough, oh. you know, we got all this oh. way in and then someone goes... But of course you understand that. It's like, oh, you bastards. That's just lazy. That is lazy. (laughs) But the thing is, don't they know that we know that? I mean, the uproar about that final ep was ridiculous. Everybody was on going crazy. I mean, I just think, how dare you? Who would you have preferred? How would you have preferred it to end? I don't. I, I wanted Jon Snow to die. Yeah. I, I just think I've had enough. For being weak as piss? Yeah. 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 I was so upset with yeah. you. And, uh, yeah. I, and I thought maybe the, you know, the red-headed chick, what's her name, I thought she was going to take over. Sansa? Yeah. And I got, to- I just got tired of them. Anyway, I wanted something. I just devastated the whole thing. I don't know. Just get rid of everybody. Like make it the imp, anything. Just just change it up. Like because they did that all the way through from the start. People that we love die. People that, you know, you didn't think we were going to lose, we lost them. This one was too, and you sort of had a feeling Khaleesi has to go. Like, well, I think we all knew that. And I, she became corrupt too quickly. She sort of turned oh, into the, oh, come on. I don't know. The whole, her whole journey has been about saving the people. Yeah. And then that, that interaction, and then she's got that dragon out there b- obliterating that entire. Burning children. Come on. Yeah. But I, what I did, what I did like oh. about that moment in the red keep, yeah. What I, what I did like in the throne room, I should say, in the throne room, yeah. When it was quite well written because she was so in the belief in her delusion that oh no 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 I'm saving people yeah. and I'm going to save yeah. everyone yeah. And it's, uh, that and I remember um, an actor, he's extraordinary. He played. In Frost Nixon. Remember that movie Frost Nixon, the no. interview film? Oh, fuck, it's amazing. It made me want to go. It made me re-love my job. Um, <laughs> he's a British British actor. He's yeah. very, very, very good. But he goes, oh, so you played a really good baddie. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. But all baddies think they're doing the right thing. Oh, yes. That, yeah, and that was the thing. And yeah. so she's first, she, she's in yeah. the gear. She's got the thing on. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, John, it's going to be great. We're going to liberate people. It's yeah. going to be awesome. We're going to yeah. break the wheel. It's yeah. going to be great. I'm yeah. so stoked. Finally get to help people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but... No, <laughs> you know, it was it was a really good way of kind of basically yeah. explaining how people that we see as bad, yeah. as far as they're concerned, they're doing the right thing. They're delusional. They're, 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 they, no, there's so much belief yeah, in what yeah, they're yeah, doing that back. it becomes, the, yeah. I agree with that, you. I would have liked to see John get it. I would have liked to have seen John pay the price for being yeah. such a wuss. Yeah. Um, but in Audrey's words, they could not have put a white man on the Iron Throne. The world would have fucking died. <laughs> You know, people would have gone, fuck you, yeah. how dare you. Um, but what about, what's the name, Cersei? And he got stabbed so many times. How the hell did he get up there? That's my brain going, there's no way Jamie um, got La- up there. Jamie Lannister could have made it up there Yeah, and done as much as he did. And I didn't like that interaction, the, the big fight scene with, I don't know. And then I didn't like how they ended. Yeah. Like, seriously, we've had gone through the walk of shame. Yeah. Give her a better finish. I don't know. Dying in uh, dying in rubble alone in rubble with your brother with your brother 
Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Oh, yeah, that, that all the that all of the people from the seven kings and kingdoms were just there. Yeah, just suddenly there. It's like, oh, yeah. come on, man. We're not gonna because I was yeah. like, yeah. okay, Tyrion's beard's a bit long here. What? It's weeks <laughs> later. Hang on, <laughs> bullshit. Mate, yeah. give it another episode. Yeah, like throw another yeah. one in there. We even needed if, another one. If it's another one of those like horrendous talky episode before the yeah, like yeah. just the exposition before yeah. the big battles. Like, come on, man. Yeah. We're all yeah. sitting around drinking yeah. for an hour. Come off it. Get to the fighting. We could have. You gave oh, us one. Yeah. I would have sat through another one to justify why all those people were suddenly there. Absolutely. And, and you know, yeah. see their journey. Yeah. At least show them walking through the rubble. At at least show yeah. these people yeah. arriving and going, yeah. what are we going to do? Yeah, this place, absolutely. King's Landing, is yeah. a, a devastated yeah. city. At least show these people suddenly, oh, now we're all on chairs yeah. under a tarpaulin. Absolutely. Deciding the future of the yeah. world. But I, but the thing is we we stand with everybody else. Everybody was disappointed. Everyone mm. was expecting that. I mean, I, we had such great expectations of what that was going to yeah. be. And they had so many possibilities. Um, you can't give us. I mean, and what an amazing series! Like, yeah, yeah. seriously, it was incredible like storytelling, breathtaking storytelling. Yeah. Um, but that that let it down. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm great. I, I don't mind that Bran was on the thing. I don't mind Who that it are was. You? I, look, seriously? I don't mind. Why? I don't Bran mind. Bran vanished. Then he came back, and he's just not. I don't. I don't mind that it, that it was him. I just mind how the writers did it. Okay. I, I mind that. Yeah, okay. Because of the, I think the last two series, George R. R. Martin, they've, they've been off script. Yeah. The, the books ended two two series ago and they've just been all, and it's, it got a bit soapy. Mm. It got a bit soap opera particularly with all the exposition yeah. stuff. It's like, come on, man. No, yeah. you, you, we need to love someone for an episode and a half, go, oh, wow, this person's really exciting, and then they yeah. suddenly die. Yeah. And then, yeah. woo! Yeah. That's Game of Thrones. Yeah. This yeah. is why we like it. That's exactly uh, why we like but it. But yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. Incredible that a show like that exists. Yeah. Extraordinary. It's it's a landmark moment in the industry that yes. that we work in because yes. you can't go to the picture theatre and see anything that isn't based on a comic book. Mm. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. We talked about Oscars before. A game I do like to play yeah. is if you go back uh, kind of like before 1999, yeah. you go back and look at movies that won Oscars and think about could you get that green lit for a cinematic release today? The answer is no. No, yeah. And these are these are best picture yeah. films. Yeah. You just, the economics of it just don't work. You yeah. can't do that. But these kind of things are on uh, Netflix, they're on Amazon, yeah. they're on HBO. Yeah. They're, television is experiencing this extraordinary uh, permission to tell yes. grand, yes. long, yeah. five-season-long yeah. story arcs. Go for it. Make yeah. it big and make people love them so they come every mm. week and but they watch every week. there used to be week. such a divide between film and television. Absolutely. So there were film actors and there were television actors. Yep. That no longer exists and some of the yeah. best stuff I've ever seen now is on telly and not on film. Oh, man, Broadchurch is one of the greatest things ever written. Mm. I've yet to see that. I know. I know. Of it. I know. I know. I've just got through Mad Men, and I've just got through um, not Get Shorty or something like that, and and Animal Kingdom. There's a lot of stuff mm. that I'm I'm trying to because I, I don't I don't when I'm working I don't watch stuff. Keep the Veep, I've just finished watching. And keep I, the palate clean. How great yeah. is Veep? Oh, Veep's amazing. I want to be her. See, that's yeah. to me. That's genius. What an incredible career. And him behind it. Oh, what oh. an incredible career for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. For her to have oh. been on the greatest sitcom ever made. Yeah. And then to... to create. Yeah, well, then she went through the new adventures of old Christine, which yeah. was like, nah. Yeah, I know. It's all bits and of And then that. to be on Veep 
And I know someone who is quite at the upper echelons yeah. of um, yeah. Australian politics. Yeah. And I said, um, is it the thick of it? Is it West Wing or is yeah. it Veep? Which is closest? Or is it yeah. Utopia? Which is closest? Yeah. And he goes, oh, Veep. Oh, That's what it's actually like. I As, it. Even though it's a comedy yeah. and an absurd satire, yeah. that is how it is. It's, so it's not cruel. Game of Thrones. It's, it's, so it's not like Game of Thrones. It's not House no, of Cards. No, no, it's I Veep. Know what you're saying. Yeah. It's Veep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, I could believe that. I could. She's just, she's extraordinary. It's so stupid. Well, I wanna, but the, the, the thing I love about it is the speed of the comedy. Yeah. Like in Australia, and this is what I was saying about our show, it's got to be fast. Don't hang on to it. Just keep it moving. Let them work out what's funny and they'll have a little chuckle if they remember what we just said. Mm. Veep's the same thing. People say, oh, it's, it's too fast. I couldn't keep up with it. But the beauty of it is, is that it is. You, it doesn't, you're not bored for a second. Yeah. Because you, you're, con- you're collecting all the stuff you might have missed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're going, oh, my, oh just, now I... And I love that. I love that about that show. They don't hang on to it. The characters are so beautifully drawn and the comedy is so rich in those characters, not in the the storytelling. It's that they just are so in their lanes when it comes to comedy. Yeah. And they don't slip into each other's. No. They've all been drawn so beautifully. Yeah. Genius. It's very, very Genius. I mean, Seinfeld, genius. But, but, you know, this this woman to take on this and to pull it off and, and season after season didn't dip. Yeah. Like even I've just watched the final yeah. finale, which is breaking my heart because oh, I, I, yeah. I haven't got that far oh, yet. Serious? Oh, shit. I haven't got that far. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, 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 it's not. But what it's I, what I, I guess what, what, when I, and, and this is when I was in the States, I did kind of think about this a lot in that yep. I went through the UCB kind of programs for a while there, Upright Citizens Brigade. Yep. And, and similarly to NIDA, they basically yep. said, um, just by doing this course doesn't mean you're going to get a job <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Just because... Most of the people yeah. on Saturday Night Live are either from Groundlings or UCB. Yeah. Doesn't mean yeah, you will go. be, all right? Yeah. So just understand Yeah, that, God, that's okay? good. Okay? <laughs> Don't hit me with your Hispanic cleaning lady <laughs> character, okay? Let's just – we're playing improv here. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. And But it, similarly, I saw – because I never understood before – I saw, oh, these are all the people that know each other from these schools and then they get a job in the writing yeah. rooms and then from the writing rooms then they, yeah. you know, they either branch out and, mm. and, and it's in these, these teams of people that move together. And, and it's, it's starting yeah. to happen here a bit. Yeah, I know it's starting to happen it. here a bit with Improv Theatre Sydney. Yeah. It's starting to happen here. It's like the writing is what needs to – has to be there as well yes. as the people yes. on camera. It's, yes. And something like Veep, I can only imagine the writer's room on Veep. It would be – How many of them were there? It would have to be. It would have to be. We have like, two. Right. The most Australian stuff has two writers. Right. Put a zero on that to get an, an American but one. But then Seinfeld, I remember reading somewhere that they had literally a writer per person. So yeah. that person was literally just concentrating on on. Larry. All you do is write yeah. Kramer. That's yeah. what you write. Or you George. Write Kramer. Imagine George. the guy writing George. I love yeah. George. Yeah. But you know what I mean. It's yeah. that we don't have that luxury and we yeah. don't have that money. Yeah. And that's what we should be investing. Is there in. a NIDA for writers in Australia? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's the writing. Um, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's a writing wing. But yeah, um, it needs that. It has to be that investment in writing. Yeah. Yeah. Abso- absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can't just be developing the people on camera because the people no, on camera... No, and you can't exhaust the, the two or three that we've got in Australia. You've got to write everything because everyone goes, oh, they're really good. So yeah. get them on everything. And then you... Seriously. And then it's like... Yeah. Can't we just... Can we nurture some others and bring them up? Yeah. You know, give them an episode, give them... You know, just get some new blood in there. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I would like, agree. Um, so a, a quick question. Yeah. Um, do you still run? I treadmill run. Yeah. And I do weights. So I... I yeah, I... I don't run outside anymore. 
outside in nature. I'm too old. I can't be bothered. Um, I like to go when I need. I want to go and need to go. I look, not not so much. I mean, I don't. Um, I'm not as physical as I used to be. I love walking. I can walk for hours. I can yeah. I can walk for twenty k. Yeah, right. And that's that's a different need in me now. So, what does the physical exercise do for you? It ju- it clears me. It just clears my my mind. I like that feeling of being absolutely exhausted, so that my brain shuts down because my it, it goes crazy sometimes. And I don't know why, but I find that when I when I literally exhaust myself physically, then I can just calm down and then I think clearly. And also when I'm working, I find that if I'm not doing something physical, I just I'm out of balance. I'm off balance. It's that thing of just uh, it's sort of like getting rid of all not the demons, but just getting rid of everything that's toxic, you know, and, and then starting again. And it's a nice feeling. I don't think I'll ever not move. I'm not <laughs> until that day comes, but. No, I, I, I prefer to go for a walk than to to to, to probably watch a film or something. I, I like moving. I like seeing things. And that's probably when I travel, I don't, we don't get cars. We don't, I mean, I've done push bikes and stuff, but I don't like motorbikes and stuff. I just want to walk into a village or, you know what I mean, just take it in because I think you miss a lot because we're all going so damn fast and you miss that little street or you'll miss that little you know and I, I think you you see more when you're when you're moving and you're on your feet but yeah that's I don't do as much as I used to I mean as you get older you got to keep your spine and you, you should you know think about it <laughs> keep those muscle groups keep those muscle groups supporting your skeletal structure I concur entirely yeah, just saying no, I'm, I'm a lot older than you so um, oh, piffle, I'm nearly 50. Get no, out of here. So <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. A good friend of mine, Luke Heggie, is, uh, we're the same age and he's – I've been lifting weights now for yeah. just over maybe a year and a half I've yeah. started. I used to only ever run. Yeah. Um, but then my hips went and so now I can only yeah. ride my bicycle or lift weights now. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, mate, you gotta, you got to keep meat on the bones. you got you uh, to. Keep your bone density up. You do. Uh, you do. Otherwise you just you, – yep. it's a slippery slope. That's the thing. And he's right. Yeah, my brother's a physio who keeps saying that concentrate on the muscle groups. Where your pain is means it's weak. So, you know, the whole – and, I look, I, as a, I've had physical all through my life, so I know about injury. I know about um, what you need to do, keeping yeah. the big muscle groups working. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't. We just think, oh, let's be skinny, let's be thin, you know, and you, you see it. I see it with lots of people. I just think – but you're starting to do – you're starting to bend forward. Mm. You know, you, there's just nothing supporting that, that, that bone. So, mm. you know, as soon as you pull those muscles back, I mean, I, I, and I love the feeling it gives you when you actually, those muscles are, you know, activated and you think, mm. okay, now I can, I can sit up because those muscles are holding it together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And to do your job, yeah. um, you, you need to be able to be sure that your body can, you, oh, you're God, telling yeah. a story. I mean, yeah. the words that come out of your mouth, the actual context is yeah. only, from my understanding, is only 7% of the entire message. Mm. Tone of voice but also how you move your body, your body yeah. language. Yeah. Is this person going to rob me or is this person going to yeah. hug me? Absolutely. You can tell yeah. those stories with your body. If you yeah. can't move your body expressively enough, it's not going to do And also there's the something job. about looking fragile. I mean, I'm, I'm a sort of very boyish girl anyway. I'm not um, very glitzy glam. I don't want to, you know, all that. So I think it's a bit crappy, and I'm not very good at it anyway. That's probably why I think it's crappy because I can't do it. But I, I, um, I think we we just don't understand that it's it's a, a physical presence that you have too. And I'm not saying that that it implies victim if you're. But the thing is, I like to be able to know that I can get out of a situation. I know if I could, I could jump out of a window. I know I can, and I know I can land. 
Do you know what I mean? There's things I like to know. I know I can pull myself up out of something if I had to. And they're just things I like knowing. I mean, I had to jump, not jump out, sort of slide out of a window almost in the splits for the show. And they kept saying, oh, you know, we'll get a crash mat and we'll, we'll pat. I said, no, it's fine, I can do it. And I like being able to do that. Mm. And not going, oh, you know, let's get, let's get the stump person. No, I can do it. Just let me do it. Yeah. And I, I think that I like feeling that I'm in control of, of my physical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just a, I think we just, we ignore it. Yeah. And we think, oh, we'll do it later. So we'll do it when we're 60. We'll start getting those, activate those muscles. It's too late. Get the body, get a memory going. Yeah. So the body's going, oh, yep, okay, we were there 10 years ago. I can do it now. You've got to stay match Yeah. Fit. You've yeah. got to stay match yeah. fit. Eddie Izzard talks about that. Eddie Izzard did, uh, he yeah. did this extraordinary thing, like 50 marathons in 50 days or something. Yeah. Humongous. Yeah. And he, he talks about he's 50-something now. He's about yeah. to go into politics next yeah. year. He's like... He stays match fit. He he stays to the point where he can run forty two k's if he needs to. Oh Jesus! It's no. a five hour marathon yeah. or six hour like it's a six hour run. He does not doing it in yeah. in you know record That's time. Still a lot. It's still a lot. But he he will go out for a weekend with a backpack and just run. And that's just what he does and he, he likes to keep that way. That's amazing. I mean, I suppose yeah. it's different for everyone, but that's a, a hell of a Yeah. He did he did a lot. That's tiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just died thinking <laughs> about doing that. Uh, tell me about uh, if you wouldn't mind, yeah. tell me tell me about tell me about your relationship. What's the what's the key there? How long has it been? Um, okay, we've been together for twenty nearly tw- twenty years this year. Wow. So he, we're actually going to Mykonos for his fiftieth in August. And we're gonna we're gonna organise a you know, a boat just for the day and, and swim out and get the because the friends of ours we have a lot of friends in Mykonos because they live there and they're Maconian. So it's not Fabulous. like for us the island means something different. We've seen it in mm. winter and summer. We know it in a different way. So we go places that tourists mm. don't go. They take us places where you can go spear fishing and eat sea urchins off boats and it's beautiful. The, I don't know what it is. I mean, because when I met Billy, it was, love, it was love at first sight, which is quite bizarre, and I married him at 36. So that was, you know, I mean, so I wasn't, it was not like I was out there looking, you know, it just sort of, it was a weird thing. And, and literally we met, next day we said we're going to marry each other, literally a day. And then six months later we got married. And it's just when I think I, you just meet your soulmate. And he's, yeah, look, he is. He's an incredible, he looks like Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones. Everyone keeps telling me how beautiful he is and that's great. But he's mine. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's uh, constantly people look at him because he's got long hair, it's beautiful tats, Grecian, beautiful face. I mean, he is. He's like Jason Momoa. People keep saying, and people stop him and think he is. He's only 6'3", though. Jason's way up there. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, my, that's my wife's other husband, by the way, is, <laughs> is Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah. I've met him, you know, because he used to go out with one of the girls from McLeod's. So he used to come out on set. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I swear to God, that thing walking towards you, every woman just, there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can you do. Just drop your pants. Just, <laughs> I'm just telling Mate, you. Mate, and most, yeah. I look at him and I'm like, oh, if, he, if yeah. he asked, I'd be like, yeah, all right. It just, yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. You wouldn't have a choice. Might, no, I mean, I'd, I would have a choice. I would say, I'd get to say no. no, but if he asked, I'd be like, yeah, I'm straight, but. Yeah, I'll give it a come shot. Come on, I'll give it a shot. Just to. You know, I know. Just, there's a lot. There's a lot yeah. of energy and a lot of power there. I can't even visualise that. It's I, making me I just sick. love to be a part of it. You know, 
Why not? I mean, I'll still be straight afterwards. Yeah. I'll just be like, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah. give I it a go. <laughs> and then tell people yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. But he is, he's, he's extraordinary to look at. And it's, yeah. he's filmic. He's just huge. Yeah, I've seen him in the flesh. He's yeah, a, but beautiful, a, beautiful uh, and voice, everything, everything works. And he's a lovely person. Yeah, he's a lovely person. <laughs> yeah, he's not a prick. Yeah, no, 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 he's lovely and he, he was lovely on set because he'd come out quite a lot and he'd just sit out in the countryside with us doing McLeod's Daughters and they kept saying, can we use him? Can we, can he, you know? <laughs> I don't know how you'd write him into oh, McLeod's Daughters, seriously, mate. Seriously, <laughs> where did it come from? Australian, but, you know, out back, there's this huge thing. It's chatted right. up. But what is it that you, like, 20 years is a decent yeah. That's a decent clip for any relationship in this modern yeah, world. Yeah, apparently they're not supposed to last that long. So what's the – what is it? I don't uh, – you know what? I uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's just don't give up on someone if, if life gets too hard. I think – I don't know what it is. All I know is that there's a – it's a really tricky thing to, to sort of put into words because I, I really don't know what the – and I'd hate to say what, what I – you know, I don't want to give people false understanding of what what it is. I don't I don't know if it's normal to last twenty years with one person. I don't know if that's but there's there's something magical about it. and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I still look at him and and, and respect him and, and admire him and I, I think we it's not that we, we try to keep it crisp or any of those things. I just think sometimes when you hold someone's hand or when we walk you just feel the warmth of someone else. So they're really simple things. It's not like we do anything, you know, and, and I I don't know if there is a secret. I don't know. I don't know what it is. All I know is that I'm lucky and I'm one of the lucky ones. And I hope I continue to be lucky. I don't I just don't know. You never know what's around the corner. Mm. I don't, you know, I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is. I wish. I wish I could. It sounds like answer that for you. But no, no, no. It's, it sounds like though that when when you are with him, that you do. I belong. You do I have think, a presence of like. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is who this person is, yeah. and that's why I'm here. Yeah. And that you have this constant reminder. Yeah. It's no taking for granted. Yeah. It's, which happens when you're in a relationship. Oh, when you're older, I met Audrey when I was forty. Yeah. And uh, every day I'm like, oh, yeah, know? yeah, because I know. What happens when it's just like, oh yeah, did you get that thing when you yeah. don't, yeah, you know, when you don't remember when you see them the first yeah. time after the day, when you don't yeah. take that time to remind yourself, yeah, what is it that I'm doing here again? What is yeah. it that we're doing? What is it that we're making yeah. here? Oh, that's right. It only takes a second, yeah, but it's it enough to put you in the space of going, that's right. Yeah. Fuck wow, how'd that happen? Lucky. But, but you can so easily slip into that sort of complacent routine yeah. thing. And it's it's not about mixing it up. It's just about recognising the person and, and, I don't know, engage. Yeah. You know, it's it's a funny thing. I can't imagine being with anyone else. Like if we were ever to part, I would not be with anyone. I, the thought of it makes me ill. And I don't only because um, it's tiring. Like <laughs> relationships are hard. As if you'd want to start again and go, yep, let's get out there and... I feel sorry for women who are out there trying to, because honestly, Jesus, I prefer to be on my own than to have to go through that again. It's hard. It's you know, if you're forty, I was thirty-six. Oh, you just sort of go. This is, I'm not going there. If again, dating was the before I met Audrey. Dating shite. was the worst. I know. It was the worst. And you just and you're trying to work it out, and you're just. Oh. I'm sick of trying to look pretty. <laughs> just, do you know what I mean? That's like. I've got to feel comfortable in my own skin now. I can't be anything for anyone else. I just want, you know, yeah. 
It's bizarre, isn't it? I feel sorry for women out there. I seriously do. Tinder, all that crap. It's the worst. What? How? It's the worst. I could never do that. It's the worst. Yeah. It's so horrible. Well, yeah, it's just... It's so horrible. You're better off, in my opinion, having yeah. been on Tinder, you're better off joining some kind of... Group? Group yeah. of, like, if you're... Join a running club. Yeah, yeah, Of I people of a similar yeah. age. And if yeah. there's no one there that you're into, someone there will know someone. Yeah. And... They'll know what path you're on, and yeah. they will let you. You will then expose yourself to people who yeah, are going absolutely. at least in the same path of yeah. you. If you don't, I don't care. If you, if all you do is play yeah. World of Warcraft, yeah. go and find actual human beings that you can go and play World of Warcraft with, yeah. and someone there will know someone who. I agree. You know that's but, for me. Yeah. It's going to take a little longer. Yeah. But for me, that's better than just. Yeah. Swiping but right. The, the or isolation left. Of, of, you know, you, all the friends that I have that are single and they just, they've given up. So they so just don't lonely, go out. Yeah. And you just think they're all, you know, one bedroom, you know. And yeah. that's what I mean. We're so lucky. Yeah. We're so lucky. And I don't think, yeah. I don't think you underst- we understand yeah, just how yeah. lucky it is. I mean, when you've got those people surrounding you, it keeps reminding me that, wow, like. Yeah. I, I, I dodged a bullet in a sense. Yeah. And, and though I'd be fine with my own company because I was, I was doing that absolutely fine before Billy, but it was just, it bowled me over. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to fall in love with some big Greek guy that looks like Jason Malone. <laughs> well, I guess if you're ever single again, you get to buy heaps of cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this has been great. I'm so yeah, glad you been, came around. No, no, pleasure. Thanks, Heaps. It's, it's really been a nice. fun chat. It has been good. It's been awesome. <laughs> You're the best. That was Doris Hunane. You can find her on the new Network 10 show, Five Bedrooms. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks to my audio producer, Andy Ma, who put this show together. Thank you very much to Rachel Barrett, my uh, show producer and general life producer. Uh, thank you to Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider online, who made all the music for the show, and to you for making this show happen, because without downloads, there is no show. I'll talk to you on Friday, and... Um, yeah, so now we all, we all, you know, I think a little, I'm still, I'm still in shock, to be honest. I still, I was gunning that I was pretty sure baby was going to have a vagina, but turns out baby's going to have a penis. And so I'm still kind of a bit overwhelmed as well, because, you know, there was a heap of people in the room and I get a bit, when there's a lot of people and I'm still, honestly, it's nine and a half years. I'm still learning how to be in rooms full of people without drinking. And that's okay. It takes a little while for me to decompress. Um... So by Friday, we'll have a bit more of a chat about that, I'm sure. And um, if this is 15 years later and you're listening to this, kid, um, this is the on whatever it is that you listen to podcasts on now, uh, this is my voice uh, about 48, no, it's longer than that, about an hour and 10 minutes after I found out that you're going to be a boy uh, or however you are. You're just going to be a human being and we can't wait to meet you. And we're all super excited. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, I'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Until we speak next time, sleep well. Dream of beautiful things. 